In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents Donald Trump with a, a stain on our country. I am someone's daughter, too. That's what I'm so help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. The Betches Sup Podcast. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Brian Russell Smith. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Happy Monday, March 29th. It is April in like two days. I'm thrilled. This is my favorite um, part of the year because my birthday is April 10th. So it's sort of like a ramp up. And then after April 10th, it only gets like warmer and nicer generally. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a great, yeah, that's a great sequence of events. So it's like right when April starts, like things just, just improve. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great. Cause all you have to look forward to is like, once your birthday comes the birthday, that's all, then, then it's over. Then we're on a new turning over a new leaf. Right. Yeah. And also like, once you have something to look forward to it, like all automatic, everything automatically feels better. Well, speaking of that, the sub headline we've been waiting for, which I didn't put in the outline today, but I'm sure listeners know what I'm going to say. New York is going to legalize marijuana. <laughs> Finally. Yes. Oh, I thought you <laughs> I thought you were going to say that they unstuck the boat. Oh, like, yeah, <laughs> New Yorkers. Oh New Yorkers God, specifically. All the listeners definitely thought that I was like, I know you guys know what I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah I mean, they say you can grow it now legally inside, too. How do you? So grow you can it? grow your own. I mean, I can go. I'll Google it. I don't I w- think we're I allowed. Like- to, I think this podcast will get taken down if we describe how. But <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's something I, we can look forward. To. Imagine if I went into a very specific way <laughs> to grow marijuana. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. The reason I ask is because so coming from a state. I was just in Colorado for a month where it was legal. Honestly, it didn't really feel very different from here where where it is technically not legal. Um, But one of the dispensary, the dispensary that I went to, it it had like they showed how they grow the marijuana. And like I literally just don't understand how it goes from what looks like a house plant to like the thing you smoke. I just don't understand it. And like, I need someone to explain it to me. Well, we're about to be an earth month and during earth month (laughs) is 420. And we're going to have definitely like, I want to, I mean, heads up, we're going to have like a two hour 420 episode is my plan. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I keep having all these guests I want to bring on. Yeah. Yeah. It'll definitely be, it'll be two hours. You're going to want to listen to it on one point X speed before we get into it. Exciting news for any of you Bravo fans out there. I know we have them. We've got a lot of crossover fans. I talked to in the DMS. We're launching a new Bravo newsletter presented by skinny pop with episode recaps, all things about Bravo liberties and cringe worthy Bravo moments. Be sure to sign up at betches.co slash Bravo newsletter. We know you already love your sup newsletter. And I think if you like that one, you will love this one. I know I'm going to be reading the Bravo newsletter. I have been watching. I've been binging um, Ladies of London lately. It's the greatest show. It is It is really one of Bravo's best. I, I saw relevant. that you were doing that. Yeah, maybe you'll have to do a guest column in the newsletter of just a, a throwback. 
honestly, like that show had it all. Truly, truly. Speaking of pop culture crossovers, we got to start the show today with Lil Nas X. So over the weekend or maybe Friday, he came out with a video for the song Mantero, Call You, Call Me By Your Name. We've all seen it, I think. Have you seen it, Sammy? Mm-hmm. I watched I it this morning. I have not seen it, but like, it, describe it to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's we've very, mostly seen it, but yeah. Brian, give us give us a it visual is, picture. It is very like visually stimulating. I will say, I think it's beautiful. Like he looks amazing. He does like so. It's basically like a. I'm not very biblical. I was not raised with like religion, so I'm no. I'm probably gonna mess up this. Like I know this like the story, but it's definitely like a biblical reference yeah. of like. That Lucifer falling from heaven and be going down to, to you know hell and he like does this depiction but like on his way from heaven to hell he rides a, like a, a stripper pole it's really quite amazing it's, it's like amazing. he's been it's practicing really like- <laughs> for it for like months and then he gets to hell and then he gives Satan a lap dance and and then he goes behind Satan and then he like kills him and takes his horns and puts them on his head and the, the video ends it's really great <laughs> It's really but, good. Wow. It's really okay, I'm gonna cool. watch that. I haven't yeah. seen a music video like this, and I until since Beyonce, like it had like Beyonce energy of like the storytelling, and it was really incredible. And most people had an overwhelmingly positive reaction until <laughs> it did mm-hmm. cause quite a response, a la wet ass pussy. And it was sort of engineered too. I'm sure. I mean, he's a genius artist, but he's he's also there was clearly a marketing plan that he is executing very very well, and he has been uh, prepared with some rebuttals. So critics love to point out, especially that Lil Nas X achieved mainstream fame with Old Town Road, which a lot of kids happen to like. Like a lot of songs on the radio, like they're not made for kids, but kids <laughs> seem to like them. Um, the performer responded to those allegations with, "I am not going to spend my entire career." Trying trying to cater to your children. That is what was your the, job. What was the, what was the allegation? Just that it was like, it's like, Oh, how could he, put, how could he put something out here when he knows that kids are fans it's, of his? Like people like, it's, are like, it's sacrilegious. It's inappropriate for children. He, he, he lured the children in with old town road and then been he's his corrupting plan all them. Along. Exactly. Like I'm same thing gonna, with Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus. Does you know? he kill evil by being his authentic self? Like, I think that honestly, I think the message is kids, all kids are like walking around outside with little computers in their hands. They're gonna see all of this shit. And when I started seeing that, I was like, what an amazing example for a young gay kid who gets to see mm-hmm. that and is like, that's beautiful. That's awesome. I can be myself and I'm not the devil. I get to kill the devil. Also, conservatives, like, teach about hell being, like, bad. So, like, what do they think is happening down there? Like, lap dances and, <laughs> yeah. and like, well, horn feeling. Like, so what? Yeah. He was, like, people preached to me that I was going here for my teenage years. I thought I was going to hell. So, and they told me I was. So, I took what they said about me and put it in their face. And, like, it's a very, like, powerful awesome. thing to do. Yeah, yeah. It I really mean, is. that is what they exactly like. That is what they say is happening in hell. I guess. Yeah, I, it's only sacrilegious if you're like telling your kids that this is literally true, and then right. depicted <laughs> in, and then yeah, it gets depicted in a music video the way that essentially is what they say it is. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like what they said after after WAP, which I think after that, Cardi B said, yeah, I don't listen. I don't let my kids listen to this anyway, but I don't parent your children. So also Lil Nas, he took this a step forward, uh, a step further this morning or yesterday and released a collaboration with a New York based art collective on a Nike style shoe. It's a Nike shoe that he basically doctored up with uh, Satan's blood and inverted cross. I guess it's a drop of real human blood on there. And Nike is like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> this wasn't us. Basketball player Nick Young is saying he's going to boycott the brand and he's never playing Old Town Road for his kids again. And even South Dakota Governor Christy Nome criticized the shoe collaboration also for its potential impact on kids, to which uh, Lil Nas X responded, you're a whole governor and you on here tweeting about some damn shoes. Do your job. <laughs> I understand why Nike's like wouldn't want an un- approved collaboration being done on their shoes like that yeah. i get but also there might be I mean, some like credibility to it like people might like that is it is it one of those things where like you make your own nike because you can make your own nikes it's just, you know a, nike, it's just a nike id <laughs> yeah oh that's 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 so interesting Um, but i think if they're selling them they're selling like a very small number but the moral panic is just sam and i've been talking about this um about about various issues and topics but without trump no one knows where to aim from either side we're all just Mm -hmm. sort of like am i mad at this am i mad at this is this what I'm mad at today? Is she my enemy? Is he my enemy? And this would have happened before, but it's sort of, we're just projecting all of our, like, without Trump, either whether you loved him or you hate him, without having him as sort of the center of gravity, I feel like we're all just sort of flailing and don't know what to do. And this is sort of an example of it. My new center of gravity is Joe Manchin. But, Excellent. Um, <laughs> we got an amazing yeah. DM today from yeah. a listener who was, um, she shared like a text from her mom where they were just saying like, who's the moderate from, from West Virginia? And immediately she was like, Joe fucking Manchin. And she's like, this is yeah. what I get for listening to the Betches Sub podcast automatically. You know? <laughs> well, there's, I think the reason the moral panic sort of like is in a frenzy is because there's also some, there is like a belief that there is a moral high ground in like criticizing your own side and like holding your own side to account. So I think that it's so obvious that what the Republicans are doing is bad and and like yeah. and it's it's hard to fight against it because it's just a stonewall situation. So like I think that people think, oh, I'm taking some sort of high ground if I now um to well, pull apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would, who would typically people who would typically be allies? Um, I feel like so many of these Republican politicians are trying to do what Trump did now that Trump is gone on Twitter, where they're trying to cause moral outrage and get clicks and get retweets and try and build some sort of power vacuum, like like fill the mm-hmm. sort of power vacuum that has been left of the, these like like you know just 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 for to get name recognition like to be ridiculous on purpose like i think it's just like marketing and it's it's so true yeah their trump makes their job harder because every day they have to reach for a new thing whether it's kamala harris not saluting somebody she didn't have to or whether it's this they're jumping on the the viral what what is people talking about what should i be what's going what is everyone talking about oh i'm gonna i can criticize that that's a black queer guy right exactly you know right that's my thing with this video is like what do they think that kids are gonna watch this 
music video and say, oh, I want to be a gay black man when I grow up. It's like, <laughs> you are, you aren't, man. <laughs> yeah, also, like, it's... stop policing art. There's nothing that, like, bothers me more than when, like, people try to police art. This also, I mean, I will say this also happens sort of, like, from the left with, like, cancel culture when it comes to, like, certain comedy. Like, I, like, art is its own thing. It is, mm-hmm. it is supposed to make a statement and maybe you don't agree with the statement, but like, and maybe it makes you a little uncomfortable, but because it makes you question your assumptions, it makes you see things from a different perspective. I think those should be good things. And that like art, unless it's obviously meant to like provoke or cause hatred or, or violence, I think that it, it should be allowed to sort of stand it as its own thing. And like, you can say, I don't like that art, but like, you can't be like that art is wrong. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The feel like the past decade, we've like learned more that there is like art that can be actually offensive and painful to people, but that doesn't extend to all art that makes a statement. Like some art is right. created to summon that reaction in you. And then, you know, you have it and that's how it's like enriched you. But the idea isn't then you like unleash that vitriol on the artist. Right. Also like, I'm not saying you can call like a Confederate statue art. Like I'm like, I'm saying, no, yeah. 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 Don't worry, Sammy. It doesn't sound like that. Okay. good. (laughs) Yeah. It was just like, uh, the other thing is like, it also like lends itself to like these Republican, mostly Republican politicians who like use their religion as an excuse to be, angry and offensive and we've seen it we saw it with like the Hyde Smith senator last week talking about voting on this was that voting we're going to go into voting but like 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 it's just like overtly like they can be offensive when and angry and it's just weird to be to to you know like like work from such a like a like a strict high ground you know like moral high ground and moral outrage it's like how can you do anything how can you like comp like how can you compromise with people you know right it's totally gotten to a point where like the moral high ground and like the moral outrage is just always like going to be the the top like the apex and therefore if you can't Mm. claim the moral high ground or or then basically like you're sort of delegitimizing yourself and it almost feels like we entered a phase where it's like people want the moral high ground for the sake of the moral high ground and not for the sake of like achieving anything yeah. like real in the world. Like it's all sort of become very abstract and no one can win on right. any side. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. 
Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. So Georgia last week, at the end of last week, passed a massive voter suppression law, as we've all heard. It's one of many states. I mean, Georgia's getting a lot of attention, but there are states right on its heels. And that's why this is such a big deal. It's one of the many states passing big laws as what I describe as retribution for Democrats performing well in 2020 when more people had access to the vote because of changes made during the pandemic. During 2020, more people did have access to the vote. A lot of states opened up uh, absentee voting to more people, and it worked really well. Um, more people voted. And that's generally considered objectively a good thing. You want more people to vote in a democracy. But Republicans don't feel that way. And instead of altering their policy positions so voters might choose them, they generally prefer to manipulate the system so they can choose their own voters. Usually this happens a little bit more sneakily via gerrymandering. Now it is much more out in the open with these big voter suppression laws. What's in this law? There's tons in this law. It's about 100 pages. There was actually a, a version that passed the state Senate that was only like 10 pages. And then it got to the, the House and they put a lot of crazy shit in it. So there are limits to no excuse absentee voting. I believe they were going to eliminate this entirely. But because of some of the, the uproar and reaction, that did go away, thankfully. They're, so they're just going to sort of limit the reasons that you can vote from home. There are limits to Sunday voting, which they also, I think, wanted to like take out the last Sunday before Election Day altogether. But people were like, nope, you can't do that. Typically, this is still very, very bad. There are crazy new ID requirements that are in place of signature matches, and they're going to limit the amount of drop boxes. So, you know, all summer we saw everybody dropping off their votes all early fall and easily accessible drop boxes while walking their dog any time of day or night. Now those are just going to be inside polling places, meaning they're only accessible during hours of operation. It kind of like defeats the purpose of voting from home if you have to go to the polling place anyway, if the mail isn't an option for you. Most egregiously, it makes it a crime to, I don't even know if this is most egregiously, but it's definitely the headline. Uh, it makes it a crime to give food or water to voters waiting in line. This is nuts. All this is so dumb because aside from the provision that, that you'll get to next about the state legislatures, all of it just like, in my view, would make me like, shit, they don't want me to vote. Like, I'm voting. It's the Barbara Streisand effect. It's like, it's when Barbara Streisand had houses on her coast of California and some like pur purveyor of like climate change and erosion was taking pictures of the coastline. You happened to get a picture and she tried to get the pictures taken off the internet. And everyone's like, oh my God, look at these pictures. Barbara Streisand doesn't want on the internet. Yeah. It's like, 
people are like, oh, they really don't want us to vote. I guess I like I best I guess better I better go vote. <laughs> Why don't they want me to vote? What are they not telling me? Yeah, yeah and nobody yeah republicans are wrong if they think that momentum is going to go anywhere because a lot of what motivated georgia this round was brian kemp stealing the election in 2018 from Stacey abrams i mean i can't get so let's move on to this next part which is super chilling and again georgia isn't the only state trying to do shit like this the bill gives the state legislature power over elections basically so we talked a lot about Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. He refused to find the 11,000 votes as Trump asked him to overturn or undermine the election. He basically was pressured for the entire time between November and inauguration, basically, to find a way to make Trump win. And he didn't. Thankfully, that part of the system held up. But Republicans didn't like that. And this bill would remove him as chair of the election board and give the Republican-controlled legislature power to appoint the board in its chair. And so... That really means the 2020 could have looked very, very different. I mean, Biden would have won without Georgia, but I, I don't think it's uh, hyperbole to suggest that had this been in place uh, last year, that Georgia would have been like Trump won. That's yeah. what this is designed to do, right? It's like the Raffensperger clause. Who would have thought that we'd be like Brad Raffensperger profiling courage? Um, I know, I know. Although I thought Mitt Romney supported... did actually win the profiling courage award. Oh my way. God, I saw that. I mean, that it's just sad that like normal behavior is considered courage award worthy, but that's a different podcast. Topic. Yeah. The other um, funny, the other funny thing is that Brian Kemp used to be the state secretary of state and that person was in charge of elections. That's why it was so shady that he was allowed to be in that position when he ran for governor because he was actively making changes that affected elections as secretary of state. And now that he's governor, he's like, oh shit, I guess I better take that power back away from the secretary of state. It's like, it's straight up dictator stuff just happening at the top of the government in Georgia. Yeah, totally. Totally. I, and it's all stemmed in like deep racism too. You of know. course. Yes. These like everything will disproportionately impact black voters. They were likely designed to the reason those lines are so long is because like densely populated areas have been deprived of adequate polling facilities, like places like where Atlanta is and Fulton County, people have to wait in long, like, line for a really long time. You can have a gun in Georgia. You can have it in a polling place, but you can have it 150 feet away. And the lines in Georgia went way beyond that. They went like a mile in some places, I think. But you can't give somebody waiting 150 feet away a cup of water. Like that will keep people from voting. So if, sure. you, if you make the lines longer, then you can actually give them food and water. What if like the line is in like a fucking restaurant? Like you're literally just next to a hot dog stand because the line's so long. Well, then you can if it's 150 feet away. But regardless, what these people press putting these laws on the books don't understand, like these white male people who have always been in power, what they don't understand is that when you try to like further oppress a group that has already been oppressed for like centuries, that does not... It just makes them more resilient mm -hmm. and more determined to get rid of you, especially when the reality is that if there were a truly free and fair election, they would win by a lot, like not yeah. by 11,870 votes specifically. Um, yeah. And that's and not a low that. amount. And they know that. So I think like, yeah, they're doing everything they can. But like reality is that it that all of this is not going to work in the long term. 
Right. Especially because, (laughs) so let's talk about like what we can do. This is a little different than, you know, your typical abortion, crazy abortion ban, because those are usually blocked in federal or in a court, like right away, because we know that we have precedent and that's not allowed. This, so voting rights groups have already gone to federal court to seek an injunction to halt implementation of this law. Super big uh, Democratic elections lawyer, Mark Elias, he is representing them, like New Georgia Project, and I think Fair Fight, and another one called, um, I think it's Rise Free. So he's going to argue that the law violates the First and Fourteenth Amendments to the U.S. Constitution and also Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. That section prohibits state laws that dilute minority participation in voting in and governance. Uh, It's very clear that it does. I think there are Republicans on record saying this law will suppress turnout in these areas. And when you look at who lives in those areas, it is primarily minorities. So the Justice Department can also join that lawsuit. And Merrick Garland very likely will. It could go all the way up to the Supreme Court. But... We're not thrilled about that because in 2013, the Roberts-led court stripped the preclearance part of the Voting Rights Act, which did clear the way for Georgia to make this change in the first place. Previously, states with a racial discrimination history in voting, they had to get these kinds of laws cleared with the federal government because it's like, well, you used to do racist stuff and we need to make sure you don't do that again. That stripped away because we didn't need it anymore. And here we are (laughs) less than 10 years later with Jim Crow again in Georgia. So what else can we do? We can pass the For the People Act. So that's the one you've been hearing a lot about, H.R. 1. This can basically preempt Georgia from implementing that law because it basically will mandate federally a lot of the things that Georgia's trying to take away. Things like late registration, automatic registration, allowing same day. Uh, But that would probably only apply to federal elections. So you're still talking about a lot of state level races that could be subject to these rules. But I think the idea is that like if you're setting a federal standard, it's going to look pretty shitty if like the Georgia you know, state legislators setting up these crazy rules to just elect themselves. But this looks crazy, too. So it it would take a little bit more than that. But Congress could also pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, and that would reinstate some of those loss protections that we were just talking about. Or, and I think this is in line with what we were just saying, let's make Stacey Abrams governor of that bitch. Mm -hmm. Like like you were saying, what's more motivating? Like, it's already going to be so motivating to get out and vote. If to get out and vote, you get to vote for Stacey Abrams. Yeah, um, I think especially now, although what we need her to help organize Mississippi and Texas. So what's going to happen there? <laughs> we need more Stacey she, Abrams, and there are. We need, yeah. we need more. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's elections in, would be in 2022. So has she said if she's running at all yet? I think it's like a. she hasn't said but I think it's like pretty certain that Implied. she is. Yeah, but I'm surprised she hasn't said because she was like pretty forthcoming when about the VP. She's like, yeah, I'd do it. So I'm sure we'll yeah. hear from her. I'm sure we'll hear from her soon, but I'm sure, you know, she wants to be really strategic about when she announces it to really optimize like how to drive people and get people registered and, and whatever it will take to overcome some of these rules. Um, so keep an eye. The biggest thing to watch, I would say the biggest actions that we can take right now is just continue to call your senators, especially the Republican ones, but overturning the filibuster to patch HR one would have an impact on this at the federal level, not just in Georgia, but in a lot of places. I think there are over 250 bills like this across the country, exactly because of what we just saw happen. And of mm-hmm. course, keep bitching about it on Twitter. Of course. Always yeah. helps. Cyber bully your representatives. <laughs> yeah. yeah everyone, take your, right now, so. everyone take your energy that you're directing towards Chrissy Teigen and like go call and do it to your representative. Please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
today also begins opening arguments in the trial of Derek Chauvin, who killed George Floyd on camera and in broad daylight on Memorial Day of last year, so about 10 months ago. So far today, we've heard some opening arguments. This is actually day 13 of the trial. The trial technically started during jury selection, which is a very long process. Um, so far, we've heard that they're, the, widow, the jury pool has been whittled from 15 to 14 people, but they had expected to lose one person for them to be excused. Of the remaining jurors, eight are white, four are black, two are mixed race. Three jurors are in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, four are in their 50s, and one is in her 60s. Proportionally, the jury is more diverse than Minneapolis itself, um, which seems like a, a good place to start. This morning, members of George Floyd's family and Rev. Al Sharpton and their attorney, Benjamin Crump, they took a knee outside the Minneapolis courthouse for eight minutes and 46 seconds before entering the building. And uh, just seeing that again, I mean, we we saw that a lot in June and, and to force ourselves to really consider how much time that was. And it was really powerful to see them do that again right before going in, like to really remind people like that man had nine minutes to decide to not end George Floyd's life and, and he didn't. So in terms of what we might see, the defense is likely to argue that George Floyd was responsible for his own death. Those are my words, not, not what they're gonna say, either by ingesting substances or having an underlying condition, even though the death report to cause of death was determined to be homicide. There has been a lot in the intervening weeks, you know, about what each side is allowed to say. And the judge has been, um, has, has really vetoed quite a few things that the prosecution or that the defense wanted to bring up that just would not be appropriate because George Floyd is not on trial. The prosecution will argue that Derek Chauvin knowingly caused Floyd's death, basically. Um, but they're going to try three different charges that basically have like different levels of how much that person was aware that they were ending a life. So Chauvin has pleaded not guilty to all three, second degree unintentional murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter charges. I've been, I was watching it just before we were recording and it's the opening statements. And as the lawyer was arguing, lawyer for the prosecution was arguing, he had like a layout of the, it was really, really brutal to hear Is him describe. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's crazy. Like the idea that it was a depraved murder that we all saw that we all watched. Yeah. I mean, if this guy gets off, like I cannot imagine what the reaction will be because Mm -hmm. he would be alive if not for mm -hmm. for this like it's very clear so yeah right um i've been covering it in the morning announcements mm -hmm. the jury selection i was like does anyone want to know about the jury selection but i've just still been covering it anyway um yeah what's been interesting so about your cover like what have you found interesting what stuck out to you um there were they definitely they had to kick people out because of like the coverage but then that all sort of makes me think, like, how can somebody not know about this, <laughs> um, yeah. not already have, like, some degree of an opinion? Like, who the fuck that's is on this jury? Me. Like, that to <laughs> me is, like, yeah. you're not a – what kind – I don't know. I just wouldn't think it – you'd be a weirdo if you hadn't seen any of this or formed an opinion on it. Yeah, there was it's definitely a, – yeah. there was also, like, questions because – so you you read about, like, the like the racial The legal breakdown. term, weirdo. Yeah, like the racial breakdown of the the jury was also like, you know, kind of um, a, yeah. a topic of discussion. I don't know. It seems I don't like know everybody how, involved how is like very this. aware of the gravity and the consequence of every single step of this. Yeah. Um, because the community is obviously on edge and wants justice and wants answers and are entitled to them. 
do you yeah. want someone on a jury who like could have this happen in their community and they just have like no clue? No, I, that's a good point. Like there are these are people from Minneapolis. Like we're like, no, I never heard of George who? Come on. Yeah. George Glass. But that's such an interesting question. It's like, yeah, when something was so clearly, it's how do you put somebody on trial for doing something that was so clearly so wrong and we all know it? I mean, this is just, I have to be, they have to pledge to be as non-partial as possible. Yeah. But, I, I mean, guess the fear that I've had that I felt is being, I felt less fearful of as watching it is if the judge and the prosecution is going to overcorrect to not appear um, a certain way. But like we've all been saying, it's like, these are facts. Sometimes when you try to be very careful of showing both sides, you ignore the facts. And it's like, no, the fact is that he knelt on his neck for nine minutes that's the, that's the fact mm. you, you can't be objective about, like you can't play both sides on that. One thing that the prosecutor did say this morning in the opening statements that I think was a good overcorrection was that he said like, this is not a trial about all policing or oh, cool, racial yeah. justice. This is about whether or not this one man killed George Floyd. So that I thought was like a, a, a smart overcorrection yes. because I'm sure that like there is an argument and it wouldn't even be wrong that like mm -hmm. this sort of is an important signifier of of like the status of policing and like accountability. So I yeah. thought that was probably a smart comment. It's kind of like like we have to keep repeating like George Floyd is not on trial, but also repeating the police are not on trial. It's not all the police. It's this right. one man. I also thought it was interesting that um they're like, cause like this guy Chauvin has like a couple past incidents and one of them is actually where his actions resulted in somebody not dying, but the prosecution, like somebody was sick and not in a good situation and he turned them on his side or something. But the prosecution wants to show that to show Derek Chauvin knew what he could have done to save boys oh. for his life. And he still sat there for nine minutes and did, did nothing. he save a white guy who did he, I, they did not, they did. I didn't see, I don't, okay. they didn't say, so maybe that, that's what a hero. Right, right. But I thought that was interesting that like something that to me sounds like, oh, that that could make him seem like a good guy actually was like, no, he could have been a good guy in this moment. Instead, he chose to murder somebody. No one's like totally good or totally evil. I think that's like another issue with like our moral panic of today is that like no one wants to like admit that like everyone and everything is sort of like has both potentials mm -hmm. in them and that there's like life is a little more complex than like you're good, you're bad. Um, although some actions like killing right. George Floyd for nine minutes are definitively evil. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's just true. Started. It's like this is such a huge symbolic trial, but I feel like the best thing we can do in our positions is remind people that it is actually just about what happened to George Floyd that mm -hmm. day in this because, instance yeah because that is and so if, clear yeah. to us and we think that the broader indictment to law enforcement is also so clear but like it's just just focus on this for now yeah, yeah. the defense just began that began their occupants. oh awesome sammy yeah. will be updating you guys every day and morning announcements check that out that's under five minutes every morning spotify wherever you find podcasts it'll be up when you're up and uh that is our show until the end of democracy i'm amanda duberman I'm Brian Russell Smith. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at betches.com. 
Betches.